Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Yeah. Now, was all of this before or after the uber macho leader guy who has the martial arts background was trying to be like intimidating and bossing him when he was out of line? Out of line, which generally works on most children. A little bit of intimidation and a little bit of very clear direction will get most children back in line. It will, especially kids about that age. Mm -hmm. They can start to comprehend. This guy is speaking to me in that voice that says, he'd like to kick my ass and he might figure out a way to do it without getting in trouble. I better stop. (laughs) But not our kid. No, not no, our No, and kid. I don't know if it was before or after, but it was around the same time period within one of those days that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Our kid was out of line. And the guy comes over and he starts giving him a talking to, and I'm standing there watching. <laughs> and he's giving him this, you know, lecture, talking to... In the stern, I'm in charge of you voice. Yeah. And the dad, Kids teacher, get in trouble when I make, yeah, I make them cry. And, you know, how does 25 push-ups sound to you or... Whatever, and our kid is taking him in the circles he didn't knew were there. Our kid will come up with the weirdest logic to try and negotiate, even though nobody else sees it as negotiating. Everybody sees it as arguing. But he will come up with the weirdest logic and try and talk you in circles around circles around circles around mother-freaking spirals. But we know about those spirals. We have his spiral graph patterns. (laughs) And this guy had never been on this trip before. (laughs) So it was totally great for me because I was like, wow, so how do you like that? (laughs) See how it works for me? See why I'm not saying all this? (laughs) But uh, it was cool because I could see it from the outside for a change. And I could watch our kid. He's in no way intimidated. The more intimidating you get, the more he steps up and gets he'll get in your face he'll get confrontational yeah, right back because like you said about the shouting and the misbehavior there's a time you know if you can put it in a time and place well for him he's always ready for the final showdown he's like wired for it or something mm-hmm. and he gets a cue that this is it and he's ready he's you know? very competitive and very confrontational and he's up for any debate that you want to put it He has always been. When he was in preschool and he could finally walk, it didn't matter if there was a guy head and shoulders bigger than him on the playground equipment. If that kid started something with him, he would kick the kid's butt and get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yes, my two and a half year old just kicked your five year old's butt. Sorry. (laughs) You know? That's about right. But that's the way it was. He doesn't care how big you are. Mm Mm-hmm. He will step in. And so this, you know, six foot something martial arts leader guy, doesn't matter. Who's using his very stern voice is getting taken, like I said, in the circles he didn't know were there. (laughs) And I was, uh, I was like, okay. Can you give us an example of what are some of these kinds of circles? Like what is some, give, give our friends here some examples of some of these leaps of logic that our son will try and take. His Some of them on. aren't total leaps because you think you're going to be able to pull him back and he's just starting to lead you into the circle. <laughs> so the guy says something like, how does so many push-ups sound? And our son says, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and the guy says, how does 50 sound? And he goes, he's shaking his head and making a face like, mm, yeah, I could do that. No problem. And the guy's just like, okay, trying to regroup himself. <laughs> and And then... You know, when he says something about he makes kids cry, our son is like, well, why would you do that? That's not 
what you're supposed to do because you're an adult, right? And then he starts going off on that tangent <laughs> while the guy's still trying to talk to him about what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And then he explains what he really was doing, which wasn't what he was doing. He does that a lot. What I, he I wants wasn't... you to believe that he was doing, mm-hmm. which would have been a semi-more correct possibly direction. Not really. but I, he... I wasn't staying up out of bed. I was trying to help the dog not feel lonely. <laughs> That's right. That's a good one. I wish I had recorded this, man, because it was great. I was waiting to see how many times the guy would jump back in. <laughs> and it was a good, like, four or five, six times before he was like... I give up. Well, and you, he couldn't, because he had taken the stance, he couldn't totally give up. He had to end it on a note of, so there, you know? Mm-hmm. He had to get to that point, regroup himself enough to get back to the point of being able to stop it right there. Mm-hmm. But I, I was probably trying not to laugh. <laughs> Oh, no, you're going to use logic. Let me tell you what my wife does about (laughs) logic and how it serves her purpose. Uh, Your wife is unfortunately too steeped in logic, and sometimes it falls out on our child anyway. Yes. Even though I've learned that cognitively... You haven't learned. Cognitively, I have learned. Mm. Behaviorally, I'm still getting there. Your mouth is not following your cognition. (laughs) You are trying anyway. It happens. Yeah. I've told you probably for a few years now, shouldn't use so much logic with that one. No. <laughs> but all you could do really is put on your really pointy ears and say, that is illogical mm-hmm. in the proper Bach tone of voice. Yes. So that didn't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> but then you ended up having to be the bossy person with the big man voice. and the- I did. I did. Because... <laughs> At a few points during this trip, you're expected to be the dad and take these boys to the range mm-hmm. or wherever mm-hmm. on a boat. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. <laughs> take them on the boat <laughs> in the wind. Mm-hmm. Try to teach them to row. Against the wind. Oh, I had to row back. <laughs> <laughs> they got to row with the okay, wind. Okay, but trying to keep them still in the boat so the kid with the stitches in his finger doesn't fall out, which he would have <laughs> gladly done. Oh, I'm sure. If he didn't have stitches in his finger. <laughs> Rowing back. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> when they're yelling, you have five minutes, and we are still rowing out. Mm-hmm. So the, the next dad task, yeah, I was expected to do this dad task with the boat because I was a dad and the moms were like, no, it's cold. Because we were having unusual cold, wet weather yes. where we were. The last day they have this like open time. They can go to whichever activity area they want. And our son, of course, wanted to go to the range. Uh, he wanted archery. Mm-hmm. I was surprised it wasn't BBs, but that was next door and part of the gig, so... He but he, went, he wanted archery. BBs in his pocket this morning, the little tiny metal ones, and he said that you had said that was okay, and so I'm not going to argue with him on any of those things anymore. Yeah, it's just a couple BBs. I explained to him not to let the dog lick them up. Mm-hmm. That was about it. So I'm going to take the kid to the archery range, and of course a bunch of boys want to go, and the moms all look at me and say, you have to ask Mr. George if you can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had six boys, and the bridge was down. The bridge had been mud logged or something and mm-hmm. was not for us to walk on. So we had to go a long way around on the road. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they had been taking him on the road on the wrong side. I mean, you walk in the path that is facing traffic. Yes, yeah, so you can see where the cars are. You walk on the curb or yeah. on the edge of the road where you can see people coming towards you. Right. So I had six boys and one of them was ours. <laughs> One of, them was, three. <laughs> one of them was the other kid who's usually that kid. He's worth two. 
One of them was the one who couldn't seem to remember what a, a line was. Gosh. And one of them was the next friend whenever he was fighting with the first friend. Mm-hmm. Then there was a kid who was pretty easy to follow directions. And I don't know if that was six, but there was another one. Anyway. Not. So I get him to the edge of the road and I say, here's what we're going to do. And I try to be loud enough and not stern enough at that point because I didn't need that yet, but in charge enough with my voice to Authoritative. say, we will do this. Mm-hmm. If we do not do this, we will go back. Yes. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to cross the road and we're going to get in line. Cross the road. We start getting in line. I say, we must stay in the single file line. Do we know why we're on this side of the road? They don't know shit about shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the answer is no. They're all looking at me like, uh, and they're going to start making up answers, especially... Our child. Yes, yes. he's going to have an answer. And I explained to them that we're on that side of the road so we can see the cars. And if we see a car coming, we can stop and step over onto the area that's not the road. But otherwise, we won't because we'd be walking through like weeds that go up to their hips. Yes. You know? And then ours is jumping in front of the other one in line and wants me to take his Gatorade for him and everything else. And, and, and you, I, you I started had been very clear that they were supposed to be in a single file line, which would indicate that our child should not be switching his place because that means leaving the single file and line. And the, the other kids weren't going to stop him because they wanted to go to the range and they figured he was going by his dad mm-hmm. and I was in front and whatever. And you had made it clear that... No, not- I, I was about to make it clear. Okay. And I did. And he wanted me to, you know, take his Gatorade and put it in my backpack and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, and this and that. And I, I got really stern with everybody. And I said, you will stay in the single file line. If one guy gets out of line, we will all go back to bring that guy back. And that will waste our time and we will not get to the range. So if you want to get to the range, you will help your buddy stay in line. Mm-hmm. No, I will not take your Gatorade. And he says to me, you know, after all his complaining, <laughs> you're not acting like my dad. And I said, I am acting like your dad. I am making you be responsible for yourself. And he shut up, put his Gatorade in his pocket. So there. And we went to the range. (laughs) And there is this perception in our family that you are the pushover and I am the disciplinarian. And I'm not quite sure how that happened. I know that there is a little bit of shift in that direction where I have always had a more authoritative approach to Children. children in general. It makes me a very effective teacher because I build the relationships along with it to get the kids on board with that behavior scheme. And I believe that children need to hear no as they are growing up, even if I could provide them with everything they wanted, even if I had a few million dollars to give them everything they ever asked for, that would not benefit them as adults. No, it won't. And so I do tell them no on a fairly regular basis. Even if I could provide them with something, I will often tell them no anyway, or I will indicate that they should wait for the thing that they want because they need practice in dealing with disappointment and learning how to manage themselves when they don't get what they want. And my mantra lately has been, if you're good about no, you'll get more yes. This is true. It's been for a while now, that that mantra. And 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 it works. Dads are sometimes known as pushovers, and I am not as logical about it when I explain things. I know I'm dealing with a little crazy man, and because of my profession, I am approaching him like the person he is behaving like. Your no's don't come off as as confrontational. They don't. And when they do, then I am not acting like his dad. (laughs) You are not a pushover. I think I, I need to work on it. 
I need to start coaching him to accept no better because he's not going to get yeses from everybody. No. And he needs to get it. And he's very charismatic and he's good at getting yes by being charming. From other people. When he gets charismatic with me, I start to get pissed off. Because it is a bunch of manipulative bullshit and I don't want it. And I just told you no. Mm-hmm. And now the answer is double no until next week. So right. stop. Right. Yeah, that always pisses me off. He but does do it with other people. He does. Yeah. He does. And he's smart enough in that sense that he can understand that different ways and different approaches will have different results with different people. Mm-hmm. But you are not a pushover. Somehow he seems to have that indication that, you know, every time he comes looking for you and you're, for example, in the shower or the bathroom or you've gone to work or you've gone to go help granny with something and he wants to ask you for something. Well, I'm the adult here. Did you want to ask me? No, dad always says yes and you always say no. And he won't even ask me for the thing. Well, that'll help him get what? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, then. Whatever. (laughs) You didn't have to deal with him throwing a fit when you said no. Right. So there. Be glad. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. So anyway, you got to be the boss. and I did. And I brought them to the range and we did some archery. And and then the deal was I was, a mom was coming over to trade with me. She was packing to Mm -hmm. leave. And then she would, when she was done, come and relieve me and I could go finish packing. Mm -hmm. You know, get our sleeping bags and whatnot wrapped up. And uh, she came to relieve me and they were shooting. So I couldn't tell them, okay, now so-and-so's mom is in charge. Mm -hmm. And she seemed a little nervous about it. (laughs) Like, oh, you were in charge. Now I have to be in charge. (laughs) And you're giving me three of those kids out of the six. But she's a capable person. So she was, she was good. That's good. Yeah. And then when it was time to pack up, All the other kids were expected to help their parents. They would, but can can I rewind for a second to packing up? Tell me about packing up. You know, not packing up for the camp, but packing up for swimming. Oh. Yeah. Let me start over. That kind of packing up. The other packing up. Yes. Wearing a packer for swimming was somewhat tricky because uh, I had to get the packer situated with the... Jock strap? Yes. And swimsuit. Yes. And then getting it all back off when everything's sticking to you and... All that kind of stuff. And right. And you were not wearing the shorts that we had talked about last year, the swim lap racing type compression shorts that you usually wear at the pool. You were wearing just swim trunks. Yes, I was. They have the netting inside. They do. Good. But it made it so I there were some things I didn't want to bother doing, like the polar bear swim. I could have done that. But then there's this whole logistics of... Dealing with myself and the packer and the little crazy man and the kids' showers and the and the adult showers and back and forth to the camp and all this kind of stuff. And it's not just pop on your trunks and go. Mm-mm. That was a regret of mine that I couldn't, you know, have that be a little simpler. It does seem mildly problematic. It's a trans guy issue. It is. Dealing with your packer in various situations that are not very adaptable to dealing with packers. Yes, not very private, not very um, solitary, not very much opportunity for isolation, privacy. No, and not enough time in between to quickly do something somewhere with a few minutes of solitude or a few seconds of it. It's a little more cumbersome trying to get yourself situated for a swim or whatever. Mm -hmm. So back to the other packing up. Yes. All the other kids were helping. He wasn't. He was playing. And I let him go play because... When he's in that mode of, but I want to play, Mm -hmm. it's 
going to be harder to direct him yes. than it is to let him play. And I say, okay, you can play, but this is going to take me a while. Mm-hmm. And then when we're done, he use, he wants something else. And I say, I'm sorry, but I'm too tired because I had to do all the work yes. because you didn't help me. Mm-hmm. So we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And by that time, he's gotten a little bit of that entitlement thing going because you let him go play. And so he thinks he should be able to, and I'm not putting this on you, I'm saying like, there's this thing that happens in his brain. When he gets what he wants, he thinks he should get everything he wants. He does. He's on a roll. Which, with a lot of people, he can charm that to happen. He probably could, but I knew what I was going to do with him. So I think the reason he sometimes thinks I'm a pushover or I'm just not as confrontational is I'm explaining it to him in a way that I'm hoping he will understand the consequence of his choice Mm -hmm. to the best of his ability. Yeah. Which is... You wanted to play instead of helping. So I did the work and now I'm tired because mm-hmm. I had to do the work myself. You're taking it down to his developmental level. Right. Being an eight-year-old going on four, mm-hmm. you explained it like you would to a four-year-old and he generally grasps at least enough of it to not be confrontational back about it. Not be on the beginning of a role of confrontational. Yes. He'll do a little testing confrontational of, are you sure, type of deal, mm-hmm. by poking it here and there. And mm-hmm. what about, what if, mm-hmm. could we maybe? <laughs> and how about if we just do this instead? <laughs> so. Right. On the way back to walking to camp from one of the activities one day, I said no about something. And he was saying, well, what if we just, or can I just, or I'm going to just. And I said, no, how about if you just do what I said? Mm-hmm. And he got it. He was like, you said what I said. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) He actually said, you said what I said? Yes. Oh, that's great. And he knew something was up with that. And so you could see him trying to find a place to let it sink in. And his brain is unfortunately just the way it's wired. It is not terribly fertile ground for things to think into. Yeah. But that's amazing that he got that. I'm so glad he like caught that. He didn't really know what to do with it, but... He knew there was something about it, that I was making a point, and he almost got it. Hopefully some neurons connected that'll make it easier for that point to sink in next time. Yeah, because when we did all the skits at one of the camps, Mm -hmm. the other campers did a skit that these guys did about three or four months ago. Mm -hmm. And when he was doing the skit three or four months ago, he did it, and he was good at it because he likes acting. He's quite the performer. He is. So he did a good job at it, but apparently he didn't know what the joke was. And when these guys did it up there this time, he got it. And he said to me, I got it. (laughs) And and I get it now. And I was like, wow. One of those simple kids skits, you know? Yeah. It's called, is it time yet? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, When I told the kids, all three of them, we were sitting at the dinner table and I think I had said something like, you know, telling them a kid joke, like a man walked into a pizza shop and asked for a small pizza with pepperoni and they asked him, do you want that cut into six pieces or eight? And he said, you'd better do it in six because I don't think I could eat eight pieces of pizza. And number one and number three are sort of chuckling and number two says, man, I could eat eight pieces of pizza. (laughs) Yeah. That's, you know, the way it works in his brain you know he was mad about the boating that we didn't have enough time on the rowboat and right before that he had majorly crapped himself and i sent him to clean it up himself 
Yes. Because by that time we had wipes. There were some things I forgot. We didn't mention that at the beginning. You had forgotten the wipes. You had forgotten your personal tent. I forgot my tent. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I'm going camping. I forgot the tent. <laughs> the wipes. Wipes are important with this child. Yeah. But he, he, which he is knew why, how to wipe his bum. <laughs> which is why the first three pairs went in the trash. Mm-hmm. But after that, two of the moms went all the way back to town to get rain ponchos and stuff because it was not going to stop pouring. And they got me some wipes. Mm-hmm. That was my only request. <laughs> nice. I forgot suntan lotion. We didn't need that, apparently. It was rainy the whole time? I forgot warmer clothes because it wasn't supposed to be fall. No. Apparently, it snowed in Yosemite. I heard that on the news. Oh. Did you hear that? Just the other not. day. I did not hear that. Yeah. Speaking of snow in the west in the summer. This is wild. Yeah. So he had to go clean himself, and this was going to take longer to get down to the waterfront, which I didn't care about because I didn't want to go to the waterfront and row a boat. <laughs> I was just doing it because I was the elected dad. Yeah. So we did take too long to get down there. When we got down there, there's a process. You have to get your little chip and sign out a boat and all this stuff and get life jackets and finally get in the boat. And that's when we're pushing the boat out and I'm teaching them to row. And they say, yeah, five minutes. (laughs) And we're still going out. So I'm trying to row back after I let them row out. And I've got to first shift each kid around in the boat to put them in a spot so then I can move. Uh huh. Then I'm trying to row, and my shoulder wasn't totally moving you, in the same motion. My right shoulder wasn't moving in the same motion as my left. You've had this problem with your shoulder before, and did it start before surgery or after? Where your shoulder it rolls. It started forward. as I, I got older. My dad had bursitis. I don't know. Okay. But it's gotten worse. It got worse after the surgery because I had other muscles that were having issues in the front, mm-hmm. and so that muscle got tweaked because it was. The yeah. other muscles were imbalanced as well. But mm-hmm. anyhow, so I wasn't very smooth rower. It's not like I rode at the gym all of last week. I swam because I was trying to pass a swim test when I got there without like being an old guy who's gasping for air. Did you pass it? Yeah. Okay. It was totally fine. I was a little bit out of breath at the end, but that's normal. What they do is they make you stay there and float until Ooh. you catch your breath. Mm-hmm. And then they let you out. Ah. So I'm trying to row us back against the wind, mm-hmm. which has just picked up on the lake. And a bunch of kids who are moving around, and I don't want one to fall out and get his stitches wet. So right. we get finally get out, get to the deck. She pulls us in. She's trying to get them to use three points to get out of the boat. You have to, you know, two hands and your feet and then uh-huh. your foot. And they're lucky she couldn't push them in <laughs> to make her point. Right. So we're walking back, and he's mad because that was not enough time on the boat. And, and you shouldn't have shit yourself. I said, well, that was your fault because... This is the thing I've been learning is if uh-huh. I tell him it's his fault and point out what he did that caused it, mm-hmm. he generally accepts it. He wasn't having it this time. It was my fault. Mm-hmm. I think it was because my rowing was bad, which is true. That is true. My rowing was not good. It was slightly embarrassing. Has nothing to do with what gave you only five minutes on the boat. No, it didn't, but it did in his mind. And he was probably ready for those eight pieces of pizza. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah. Well, then. I survived Cub Scout camp. Here I am. Mm -hmm. I never want to play again just because it is so hard to manage him. And it's hard for me to have that much stimulation from him and have all the rest of it around me right? as well. But I think it was a good venture. I think everybody in that troop really has a good idea of what his scoop is. Some of them did ask me questions. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I did get a lot of I'm sorry, George, Mm -hmm. because they would other people would go to tell him something and then when they were done, they'd look at me like, oh. and I said, welcome to my world. <laughs> and, you know, or variations thereof, they believed me. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, and I'm glad I don't live in your world. <laughs> so He's a very challenging individual. He is, and I really hope it's to his advantage. I hope we find the thing that makes it to his advantage. Yes. That he's the guy that will step up no matter what, or he's the guy who will take the challenge. I'm sure there's a place for him. I'm sure there is. It is very hard to teach him the lessons that the rest of society wants each of these kids to have. Personal responsibility. What? So. He'll get somewhere someday. We can help him get there. Yes. We hope. Well, we're going to just do our best, and then we know we did our best. And in the meantime, trans dad survives Cub Scout camp. And I think that's it. Yay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Do you need to stop and put something on those? No, I'm good. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> it is funny. I'm sitting here fresh out of the shower wearing nothing but an ankle brace as we podcast. Yeah. And I'm trying to get my chest to dry. Yeah. And it doesn't want to. Yeah. Oh, well. There's the hummingbird again. That round flower thing in our neighbor's yard. Do you see the hummingbird? I cannot. Look. You see it? Okay, yes. Now I see it. Is that cool? I wonder what that is. I'm going to have to look over the fence and see what what flower that is. It looks like the chive flowers in our yard. It does. It does look like the chive flower. But I I don't know. I've never seen any hummingbirds by our chive flowers, so...